And good morning and welcome to The Age Stage, a program that looks at issues and matters affecting older Australians made possible by The Village Baxter, The Village Glen and Encore Living for that regional alternative. My name is Paula Dunn and joining me today is Steve Myers. How are you, Steve? Hi, Paula. It's good to be here again on The Age Stage. Yeah? You had a good week? I've had a great week, although the weather hasn't been very good. No, it has It's been a bit dark and gloomy out there, hasn't it? But But it um, is winter and it'll be spring before you know it. Exactly. Well, there's there's signs that maybe Mm. we might get early spring, so it'd be nice. I bought a bunch of daffodils. Really? So that is ridiculous in winter, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you know? It's crazy, uh, isn't I don't it? know what they're doing out there in the garden. Wow, anyway. that's amazing. <laughs> so joining us today, uh, we're going to be talking to Delia Rickard from the ACCC, mm. um, which will be very interesting about um, aged care consumer rights and also Anne Buck, who is CEO of Wounds Australia, mm. about chronic wounds. Now, that might sound a bit gory, but I think it'll be really interesting. Oh, that stuff's fascinating. I like that stuff. Yeah, yeah. do you? I sort Bring of hide my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but first of all, we have our uh, guests in the studio here. We welcome Stuart Shaw from the Village Baxter. Hi, Paula. Hi, Steve. I'm, so, I'm shocked that you're doing it again. Oh, well, yes. I thought we would have warned you off last week. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm enjoying myself, yeah. <laughs> and welcome Peter Nielsen from the Village Glen. How are you, Peter? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, Paula. It's That's good, good. good to be here again. Excellent. Mm, a, it's good to be vertical and breathing. It is, isn't <laughs> it? Yeah. They're, 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 all, they're always a positive, aren't they? <laughs> they are. They are. Open your eyes. I'm here again. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Still Steve, happening. Welcome back, Steve. Thank you very You're much. You're doing an outstanding here. job, in my view. Well, yes. thank you very much. I'm enjoying yes. myself. And we thought you didn't enjoy it last week. He got chucked into the deep end, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. Oh, sometimes so. it's good to be chucked in the deep end. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So See if you sink or swim. No, yeah. Not prepared for us. No. <laughs> it's good, good to be out of your comfort zone. Though, it, it is, it is. It keeps you on edge. But RWP would be absolutely lost without Steve Myers, I can tell you that. Oh, He's the technical so, guru. So Steve's a, yeah, Steve's a guru. He looks he like a guru. A guru. <laughs> and I reckon, absolutely. I reckon he, he is a guru. More ways than you could imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we're going to continue talking about this code, aren't we, Peter and Stuart? We are. The draft. The draft. The draft draft code, which has got another two weeks and a bit to run Mm. for public comment. Mm. Mm. Now, Stuart, you've got a bee in your bonnet, I hear. Well, I've got many (laughs) bees. It's not going to be an easy afternoon, is it? Just before we went to where we were discussing... um, the role of the Australian Retirement Village Residents Association in this process. And I hear buzz, 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 because you've got to be in your bonnet. <laughs> Certainly the ARVRA is mentioned specifically in the Code of Conduct. And one of the things that is interesting is that the, the, the body purporting to represent residents would have maybe a 5% cover of residents in, of retirement villages. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's just a little bit troubling is that may, there may be other bodies who are better placed to, to fulfil that role or the, or the residents association body itself should become more representative of all villages uh, around the country. That on, how many villages are in the country, Peter? Sorry, question without notice. Three, three <laughs> over 3,000? Oh, there's 200,000 residents, residents, about 140,000 units. 
in Australia. Oh, my God. The average size of a village would be about 150. Yeah, yeah there mm. or thereabouts. So to, mm. I can't, I haven't got my calculator here, so mm. I can't do those numbers, but there's a lot of villages in Australia. There's Shell- a lot of, and, yeah. Wow, yeah. and most of those villages do not seem to have coverage by that particular group of people. Mm. Now, Peter actually, um, some could be a couple of reasons for that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know what, in, the village lends a large village, as you well know. And we have a committee of between 14 and 20 residents who get elected by That's a the bus trip. That's not a committee. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we have a committee of 14 to... You interrupting. <laughs> oh, so we have 10. 10. Well, that's a good number. And a better number is five. <laughs> anyway, so... And from time to time, we struggle to fulfil all the places... And when you understand that people come to a village at that stage of their lives, they come for the lifestyle. They really don't come to be sitting on committees. There's always someone in a community who who likes to get involved in mm. in the I suppose not the regulation of the community, but giving back. Yes, giving mm. back. I think mm. is a good way of saying. It. And and our residents that do it are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And they're there for two or three years, and then someone else replaces them. But it's a really good system to have a committee in a village and, and a, a village that functions properly has an active committee who deal with management constantly on all sorts of issues, not necessarily things of, you know, of conflict. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's we're in a partnership, basically. And so, the aim of the exercise from the staff, from the residents and from the ownership is, is to create a community where people... Uh, want to live a fulfilled life. Would that be fair? Yeah, uh, so, mm-hmm. certainly mm-hmm. the role of a committees in each state for a village is governed by legislation. And in Victoria, the principal role of a committee is to negotiate service fees and and approve a budget. And, and probably policies and procedures to work with... It's not specifically stated in the legislation, but I think most villages would take the opportunity. If you've got a group of residents there... Who, who speak on behalf of all residents, why would you not use that talent? Mm. And we certainly... And they are talented. They are talented. Yeah. You know, they've all yeah. had useful Experience working lives. Experience of life, and yeah. Absolutely. So what you're saying is that, that the committees as they are now are as effective... Their elected body. Yeah, yeah. And, and are as effective or maybe more effective than this association would be? Well, yeah, we were talking about that when we were off here. So... Yeah. So I thought Peter espoused a view maybe 12 or 18 months ago that perhaps the Residents Association should broaden their, their purview and look to the membership. So if you, if you take the view that every committee in every village, and I'd be surprised if there was, you'd have to be a very small village not to have a committee. Yeah. But if you said that each village had a, a chairperson mm-hmm. of that group, Perhaps the association would be best served by reaching out to each of those uh, those chair people mm. and invite them to become members or participants in the association. And from that broader group, they could then be elect. They could then elect a group of office bearers or or a group to speak on behalf of the industry at large. Because yeah. currently, with only around you know, when we estimate a five to ten percent coverage. Uh, of the association now, if they could get that to 75% coverage across the country, that would be a good thing. Mm-hmm. And that, that would make them a very representative body to reflect the, the, 
their views. And in, in that process, if you tease that out, how would that work? This so-called executive who are elected people from villages, they would filter down to their representative groups any issues they've got to get, seek the view of that committee and then it would they'd yeah. send back their ideas. So mm-hmm. that, I don't believe that process exists currently. So the current state bodies and the federal body, which is a an amalgam of the states, um, clearly they they have issues um, and they talk about them and promote them and, and they do have the ear of government mm-hmm. uh, both in the states and federally. But our, f- our collective view, isn't it, Stuart, we don't believe that it's, it's a representative group. And, some t- and gov- governments, unless there's something that replaces it, have no one else to talk to. They clearly have their industry associations that put the point of view of owners and managers, but they don't have a representative body that's elected. Mm. So are you suggesting that a new body should be created or that people should be joining this existing body? Oh, I, I, I'm not. I'm not suggesting we create an, another body mm. and then we have turf wars. <laughs> yeah. mm. Between the two, I'm suggesting that a good way of doing it would, would be to float the idea Australia-wide that yeah. presidents of each village should nominate their president to go into the association. Mm-hmm. And that august body of, of elected people, doubly elected, elected by the residents of the village mm. to be on the committee and elected by the committee to represent them with management... I'm thinking that would be a, t- a pool of talent mm. that would achieve a lot more and be a lot more representative than what we've currently got. Mm. The other group mm. that's always interesting in these discussions is a role of COTA. So I don't know whether COTA see themselves operating in this particular space or not. What is but COTA? Council of the Ageing. Okay. So, so certainly council, yeah. COTA is, is fairly active in participating with the Commonwealth Government for residential aged care. And home care now. You see and the big article today's paper. No, I haven't. Oh, okay. Yes. Or was that... that got to be the, in their bonnet. That, that was last <laughs> Tuesday's paper. <laughs> no, no. Well, I, was it? Last Tuesday's. Yeah. My week goes quick. Oh, it does. Yeah, it does. Yes. Someone's yes. given him old papers yes. to read. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I've, yeah, I've, keep, keep up with the time. I was, probably, I, was, I was at the cafe having lunch reading last Tuesday's paper. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Doesn't everyone? But get get okay. a grip. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so the role of COTA with the Commonwealth Government, and, and I mean, I, I, I actually don't believe a COTA is, again, well-equipped to represent older, frail people. Cota, from my understanding, is mainly the fit older person. Mm. And that may be equal... They may have equal claims as the Residents Association do to, to represent the sector. Do you think? And, well, I'm, I'm uncertain. I, I no, honestly I don't, don't know. So. Yeah. Uh, certainly I like the, the fact that if we could broaden the coverage, that would be a good thing. Mm. Or if, if, if they don't want to broaden the coverage, then another body or someone needs to step into that breach. But we don't mm. want to create, surely, more tiers, more levels of... We don't, but we need to make certain that government is listening to a broad representation of the industry, yes. not True. a narrow sector. Yeah. Yes. yes. And, and the trouble is with the way this, the association is currently structured, it does seem to be a very narrow sector. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the issues we've had in the past, Paula, is... 
people get onto the state bodies from a village with a single issue about the owner of their village mm-hmm. and their, their mindset is totally that. Mm. Um, and we don't really address the issues we should be addressing. I think, mm. Stuart, is that? Yeah. That's my observation okay. that what has happened in Victoria yep. over the last 10 or so years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, we're going to come back. We'll go to a break and come back and discuss it further. And welcome back to The Age Stage, a program that looks at issues and um, things that affect aged people. And we're going back to our discussion that we started earlier this morning, Peter and Stuart. We are. Now, we're going to talk about, in the code, Stuart, if you, if you, if you recall back to the meeting we had with um, Minister White a year ago, it's just about happy birthday. It, it would be about happy birthday. Yeah, it's just about happy birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, he gave us a heads up that one of the things that was worrying him on behalf of the government, the federal government, was dispute resolution and there didn't seem to them to be, clearly because of the Four Corners and the, four fact, the Fairfax media, didn't seem to the government that there was a process where people could you know, air their grievances and get dealt with fairly. So he, he gave us a heads up that he thought that dispute resolution was, was something that the government would be very interested in the industry mm-hmm in a self-regulation sense, take a hold of. Yeah. And that, that, of course, has led yeah. us now to the, the draft the code, code yes, and how, how that code will be administered. So it's fine to have a, a, a theory about here's the draft, but how does it actually run in practice? Because at mm. the end of the day, there needs to be somebody that says you're not abiding by the code, therefore we're going mm. to wrap you over the knuckles mm. or we're going to kick you out of the, uh, the association and you, you will no longer um, be able to, to show that as, as a badge that you are a reputable organisation. Mm. So it's foreshadowed that there be a horrible named group called... The Code Administration, <laughs> the Code Committee. Administration Committee. CAC for short, or yes. CAC? Yes, oh. uh, it's a clearly, acronym, isn't yeah, it? clearly it is. a committee sat around and decided yes. <laughs> without actually thinking of the consequences, but mm. notwithstanding that. So, yeah. so the, the role of the CAC is to... Well, just go back one step. Yep. Back to Minister White. Pre-CAC. 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 Back to Minister White. He did also mention that this process needed to be at minimal or no cost. Correct. And in each of the state legislations at the moment, there clearly is a pathway in the village and external to the village of resolving disputes, typically ending up in some form of tribunal where there is cost. Mm. Mm. And, and clearly residents who have a grievance either with each other or with staff or with ownership of villages don't typically have the resources to... F- to front a case. Mm. Therefore, the, the, the theory being under this type of thing is that we need to, the industry needs to find a way of getting the cost out of it. There needs yeah. to be a forum, though, for people to voice their oh, Absolutely. absolutely. Doesn't that? And, so that, and this is, that, this is yeah. that forum. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, so, the, so this body uh, mm. it is responsible to administer the code, act as a gateway for for disputes that are not able to be resolved within a village but not resident between resident. No. They're, they're only focusing on disputes where a resident is aggrieved with the, the operator of the village. Mm. Mm. Yes. So would they act as an advisory body to be able to direct 
I hope that so there's it doesn't actually say how they're going mm. to operate. Yeah. Mm. They, I think that's still work in progress. Yes. Yeah. 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 And yeah. one of the things that we need to be certain of with the code is that it doesn't just become a, 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 a fourth level of government mm. yeah, uh, with, right. with all the, the, uh, the hangers-on and, all, and mm. the, the associated costs. Because if it goes down that track, then villages won't join up. Yeah, because and it'll be expensive. Because it'll be too expensive. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. and and that mm. that's one of the things that although in New South Wales I have no choice because it's getting embedded in legislation. Really? Yes, and mm. that, and and that is unwise without the whole program being laid out on the table. Mm-hmm. Mm. I I struggle with the concept of saying these are all great ideas without actually getting to the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, if it's going to cost a hundred thousand to do it, then it's a lousy idea. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. If it's going to cost $10,000, it's probably still a lousy idea. Well, that's a good Stuart, question. I'm, I'm reflecting on pre-2000 when we our peak body was the Retirement Villages Association. Were you, were you, you and I, about, oh, we are both dinosaurs, Stuart. What noise does a dinosaur make? I, I'd, I'd like to do sound effects here. <laughs> if you recall, we, we used to have... Um, a dispute resolution process within the RVA made up of past presidents of the RVA who would you'd have to say would be the the leaders of the industry who've been been through it all. So, as I've said before in this program, Chaz, who's the owner of the Village Glen, has this saying which I love. He says, "Peter, nothing's new; it's just new to you." Yeah. <laughs> so you need, and so when in these disputes, you need to have uh, people who've had the experience of running a village who have the respect of the industry and of people in general mm. to sit as a tribunal, uh, not there to smack people in the risks, but to advise and guide and and get a resolution mm. without there being blood on the floor. Mm. And that, that process used to work very well. Granted, the industry was much smaller then, much mm. smaller, but that worked very well. Um, it did. And, but, I guess and, and, and funnily enough, I was on the committee back in those days and I recall the the disputes we used to sit on um, were not members of the RVA villages. They were non-member villages who came to the RVA as their their, their only go-to place, mm. which was pre there being dispute resolution in the, in the legislation. But you guys, having been in the industry for so long now, you must see the need for all this sort of governance to change because of the way that the industry is expanding. I mean, it's one of the, the fastest-growing industries in the country. Yes. It, it, it is, and also uh, a sector that has very few complaints. Mm, mm. So, you know, there is a dichotomy between... The perception of people and the way in which the industry has developed over time. Uh, going just covering Peter's topic about the way the committee used to to work uh, in terms of dispute resolution. I, I remember I was doing one with actually one of our members uh, at a, a village that's still alive and well, but that particular owner is not in the industry now. Mm-hmm. And my advice to to him at that time, him and her was that he was being just sheer bloody-minded and re- the residents had a really good case mm-hmm. and if he continued on this way, he would not last in the industry. And he's gone. He has. You know, now that's, that's <laughs> some time ago. Mm. But, you know, I think 
Stuart's got a reputation of a bit of a toe cutter. Has he? (laughs) 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 Don't cross Stuart. You you couldn't find a nicer person. No. But, you know, we we acted without fear or favour, and if one Mm. of our members was doing the wrong thing, Mm. then it needs to be called out. Yeah. And they they need to wake up to themselves. I mean, you know, you are running a people business and you Mm. need to be a people person Mm -hmm. and you need to know how to resolve those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. So it was a good system. It was. Mm. And it was no no cost to anybody. I I do remember the village that uh, we we spent a lot of time dealing with who who were just being knocked around from pillar to post. Mm. And, uh, And that was very unfortunate. And we spent an inordinate amount of time trying to assist them. And they're still alive and well, which, which is which is a credit. So, what happened to that system? Yeah, would that not work today? Mm. Like, obviously, uh, have to be adjusted slightly. I think I'm thinking Australia's a big country. That that system would only work on a state by state basis. Why is that? It's just a tyranny of distance. So you I, can imagine yeah. if we got a problem at the village of Glen, yes, and CAC sits in Brisbane. Yes, but it, how can't, do we do that? Can't it, yeah. can't that system be run out through all states? I think that's the aim. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which, as I say, it's still work in progress. How it's actually going yeah. to work? I think part and of one it. of our problems, I think, don't jump in here, Stuart, is that back in those days, the industry uh, was much more of a cottage industry. Yes, uh, single operators or people who own a, n- a number of villages, but we all knew each other. Now mm. it's very corporatized in lots yeah. of areas. It's a, it's a diff, different structure. Yeah. And, and the corporatisation of it may be part of a problem in terms of having a, a collegiate group of people going out and saying, well, you know, to a listed company mm. that, you know, you're doing the wrong thing and you need to change. Mm. You know, it, it, it just doesn't seem to work for me no. uh, at this point. So the concept you've got the shareholders in the room. Fine. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah. so it has become more complex. Mm. As to what the solution is, I, I don't know. But certainly this is a start. We need to see the whole picture as to how the Property Council, LASA and AC, mm. AC, AXA, AXA. Oh, I'll go back to a easier <laughs> pronunciation, how AXA actually see it operating on the ground before anyone is actually going to commit to it. Mm. I, I can't say your residents wouldn't commit to it at this stage, would they? Commit to which? To, to adopting the code, Im- implementing it. I'm waiting for their response. We, they're dealing with it at their next meeting, and I'm waiting. I'm going to be asked, I don't know, to go to, to tell them the background to this. Hopefully they do ask me. Um, you'll, you'll be able to just play the radio show. Yes, play the podcast. Exactly. Indeed. Get them up to speed. <laughs> yeah. In fact, why have they not already been listening to us? They may they they have. have been. They may well be. Compulsory. They could have been the ones who rang in and talked about last week's yes. program. You think they mm. could. Mm. Getting back to <laughs> how it works in terms of the administration, it would be great, I think, if the CAC was maybe a group of um, life members of our association who who actually were the ones got who got the information and then they decided what to do next. And I'm hoping what to do next would be to push it back down to the region it came from and find some respected, like we used to do, people who are happy to sit in on a panel and just have an open discussion, mm. um, informal, mm-hmm. about what are the issues and, and where's the resolution. Um, would that work for you, Stuart? 
Yes. How many life governors do we have? Life members. Quite a few. Is there? Okay. Eight or ten. So, yeah. oh, so, so that, that's a good yeah. number of people. Mm. And, and they're all. You don't get to be a life member of any association unless you've really done the hard yards. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah. So I think that's a really good idea that mm. that um, you, you should put forward at the the next meeting of the which RLC. is Thursday this week. Today, this afternoon. It is. It is. <laughs> wow. No, it's yeah. next week. Is it? Oh. Hang on, a bit must, must be next week. Yeah, next week. It yeah. must be next yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah, because you said there was another couple of weeks. There is. That's right. Yeah. 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 Mm. Mm. yeah. So have you got any feedback from the other RLC members? No. Uh, RLC, which should just yes. Retirement Living Council. Thank you. Uh, which is one Sorry. of the peak bodies. Okay. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, part of a property council, mm. and uh, and Peter is uh, an august member of that particular group. Okay. So, mm. a man in the know. <laughs> well, it's been very interesting, uh, guys, today, going on again. Are with you the wrapping code. us up? We are. We are. Oh, yes. I was going to talk about the flowchart, Stuart. Yes, you were. We'll have to leave that till next week, I think. Peter. Okay. Pity too, I like a good flowchart. Yeah. Oh, this one just looks, you know, for our, it's great for radio, but oh, this looks good. really interesting. So we can looks go... Looks like a game of snakes and ladders, uh, Paul. What's your problem? Yeah. You go Drafts. up, you go down. Yeah, you, you certainly you, do. You take a few detours <laughs> and... It's uh, the hokey pokey. Watch but, out. Yes. <laughs> but isn't that life? Uh, I, I, yes. It certainly does seem to be <laughs> in the is. modern world. So thank you, Stuart, from the Village Baxter. Thanks, Paula. And thank Thanks you, Steve. Peter. Paula. And we'll see you again Steve. next week. Is Steve with us again next week or is he, he yet to be determined? He possibly will be. Oh, I don't know yet. We'll find out soon. Oh, he's got to or check the roster. All will be revealed. Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. the roster is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I may see you next week. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back to the Age Stage. And with us today we have Anne, uh, your CEO of Wounds Australia, which sounds Thanks. really interesting. So tell us about that, Anne. Um, okay, so Wounds Australia is the peak body for uh, wound management and prevention in Australia. Uh, we are an organisation that has a membership of health professionals, uh, including nurses, pharmacists, psychiatrists, and some medical professionals, some research scientists. Mm-hmm. Um, and our, uh, our goal as an organisation is to improve the wound care that people who have a, a wound or a complex wound to receive and uh, that's, a, that's our mission and that's what um, we do as an organisation and it's my role as the CEO to um, enable our members and enable the broader public to um, find out more about wounds, understand what um, we mean by wound, mm-hmm. wound care and um, basically to um, be able to promote that that um, health message to um, to people who need to know. Okay, and and does that cover burns? Um, look, so when someone um, has a burn, um, they they often need um, advanced wound care, mm. um, and so there is quite a bit of overlap between um, the the skills and the uh, the knowledge and the the workforce. Health professionals who um, support people who have um, have burns or have other sorts of chronic wounds. So mm-hmm. there is some overlap there. And so, if you could just explain, and what 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 det- determines a wound to become chronic? What is a chronic wound? 
So a chronic wound is essentially a wound that isn't healing um, and particularly a wound that it may be uh, may not have shown signs of healing even though you've had it for, say, you know, four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but a chronic wound, generally, there are some underlying um, physical and, and health conditions that um, people are more, make, make people more prone to um, having a chronic a chronic wound. And what would they um, be? So those sorts of things are if you have um, a poor vascular supply, so um, vascular vascular disease or um, diabetes are, are other common ones, mm. um, and also people who are, are older um, and have um, limited mobility are also more prone to, to chronic wounds. Um, and uh, the, the older people, it's um, part of your your skin health and your um, ability of your skin to be able to to heal what um, for someone who's younger or mm. doesn't have those health conditions is uh, a simple cut or abrasion uh, if you have those health conditions or if you're um, uh, somewhat older or mm. if you um, have those sorts of mobility issues then you are more likely to have that wound become chronic so not to heal. Yes, I've noticed on older people how, you know, sometimes they, they get these purple-looking sores on, on their legs, particularly I've noticed on their legs, and that might ulcerate. And mm-hmm. would they become a chronic wound? Um, look, they can do. And um, so particularly legs are, uh, you know, so wounds on your lower leg, mm-hmm. um, if you've got a day and underlying vascular supply issue, they can become um, venous leg ulcers. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, absolutely older people are more prone. Yes. People who um, are older, also their their skin um, can can break or tear much more easily. So um, Yeah, the skin's uh, like yeah. paper, isn't it, almost? Yes, it's, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So those skin tears um, uh, you know, are another type of wound that particularly... Um, Older people, we do need to be quite careful about. There are some some quite um, easy things that can be done, um, particularly around keeping your skin healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, one of one of the really most basic things that can happen that you can do is keep your skin moisturised. Yes, um, I, I notice some um, in aged care facilities or nursing homes um, mm-hmm. that the, the use of lanolin, like rubbing lanolin on, on legs and arms and things to keep them moist. So that helps with uh, to avoid um, wounds occurring? It, it, it helps to keep your skin um, in a better condition and protects against mm. impairs if you um, apply twice daily moisturiser. Um, and so that's something that absolutely it's a, uh, uh, it is something that the aged care facilities um, should be doing, but equally it's something that every individual can do for their skin um, as they get older. Mm-hmm. Right. And why are people over the age of 65 more at risk of chronic wounds? Is it just that deterioration in, in the vascular um, area or, or what is it? Look, there's, there are a few things that, that impact there, but it is around your skin health. So obviously, mm. there's impact on um, on your skin as you get older, and uh, that is that is one of those um, 
those facts of life that old older skin doesn't heal as well. Mm. But some other things to be aware of are older people are, um, you know, may have multiple chronic conditions mm. um, and then the wounds are a complication of those. So um, that that is something to be aware of. And arising from that as well is that um, often people are on multiple medications. So mm. um, a combination of steroids and, and blood thinners can affect the skin and wound healing. Um, and so that is, you know, there's, there's a few things that come into play um, for the for the older person um, that all all contribute to uh, those people being more at risk of their wounds being chronic. Mm. And so I understand that um, we've just had Woundness Awareness Week. So did you feel that it helped the, get the message across about uh, chronic wounds? Oh, absolutely. So Wound Awareness Week, which was ran from the 15th of July until the 21st, mm-hmm. um, was a very successful campaign. Wounds Australia um, put um, a lot of resources on our woundaware.com.au website. Um, that's the sorts of resources that we have there really um, are aimed at giving the everyday community, um, public audience some Information about wounds um, and why you have a why chronic wounds um, occur, and what people can do to um, stay healthy and stay better. What warning signs to look for um, that might be an indication that your your wound needs some some specialist care. And um, and sorry, yep. and so even in in younger people, if if we have a wound and it's not healing. That's obviously um, an indication of something else going on within our body, isn't it? Um, look, there, generally that, that is something that we would still say, um, hey, that warning sign. So if mm. you, you know, if someone who is under that magic 65 age bracket um, has a wound and um, you haven't seen that that wound is getting noticeably smaller or showing signs of healing, and you've had it for um, more than four weeks, then that's something to take up with your health professional. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yes. And so how is Wounds Australia funded, Anne? Is that a government-funded organisation? No, Wounds Australia um, isn't funded by the government. We have our um, our, our members and um, the, the services and the activities that we run generate the, the income so that we can deliver important campaigns like Wound Awareness Week. Okay, okay. And so if people wanted to donate to your organisation, would they just go to your website? Um, people can come to our website and um, they can join as members. They mm-hmm. can see what um, events and resources we have available um, and um, a number of those events, particularly for health professionals, they can um, they can pay to attend. Um, and if people do want to donate, they can... Um, go to our woundaware.com.au website um, and and contact us, and we can we can take donations. Um, but particularly for health professionals, we we definitely encourage any health professionals who um, uh, see wounds as um, part of their job or have a um, that would want to know more about um, wound management and wound prevention to join with Australia and take advantage of the, the resources and the events and activities that, that we provide for um, the health professionals. 
fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us today, Anne, on uh, The Age Stage, and uh, we look forward to possibly having you on again. Thank you very much, Paula. It's been, been lovely to chat to you today. Thank you. Bye now. Welcome back to The Age Stage, and with us today we have a very interesting lady, Delia Rickard, from the ACCC, which is the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission, about age care and consumer rights. Boy, is that a mouthful. That's a big one, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so welcome, Delia. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Paula, and hi to you, and looking forward to having a chat about this because it's an important issue. Yes, yes. So tell us a little bit about it, about what you do. Uh, well, what we're doing in this particular instance is, is really making sure that people who choose to have um, a home care provider and a home care agreement under the new Consumer Directed Aged Care know what their rights are. And so mm-hmm. we're just trying to give some useful information um, if you're going into one of these contracts. Mm. So what does Consumer Directed Care mean? In the past... Um, there would be one agency that you were assigned to if you were entitled to government assistance um, to help with, with living at home who would who would organise things for you. Now you have a choice of who your home care provider is and a choice of the services and how you want to spend um, the money that's allocated to you. So it's really important, though, when you're thinking about... Um, who you want as your home care provider, to really ask people about their experiences, shop around, really look for someone who's going to have, be able to offer the right services for you that, that you're going to be able to work well with and who you know, other people you might know who are using providers that have been happy with as well. Mm-hmm. And does the ACCC um, you know, oversee the providers to make sure that they're being fair and upfront? But we are not the regulator here. There's a whole series of um, regulators and dispute resolution schemes that have been set up under this scheme. What the ACCC is, is the National Consumer Protection Regulator. And the Australian Consumer Law, which we administer, provides a range of rights. So consumer guarantees if something doesn't work with a product, um, provisions that say you can't be misled and dis or deceive, a range of those sorts of rights. So what we're trying to do is make sure that people who have an aged care package understand that their normal consumer protection rights apply to to that agreement and to the goods and services they get under the package. I see. And and so what are some examples um, of, say, misconduct or dishonesty within Uh, the aged care? Look, I I think if if somebody says that... um, they will do something for you or a product delivers these benefits or if you use this service, how, this is how it will work and what it will do for you and it doesn't do that, then that may be misleading and deceptive. And where it's misleading and deceptive, an action can be taken against that person. Also importantly, and I think this is probably the most important one, you're entitled to consumer guarantees. So... Um, if you've got a service to be provided under your agreement, it has to be provided with acceptable care and skills, so done well and fit for purpose. And it has to be done within a reasonable time if there's no agreed time, end date. So if you've got somebody who's due to pick you up, who's, who's scheduled to, to drive you somewhere once a week and they repeatedly miss um, mm. collecting you on time for your appointment, that will be a breach of your consumer guarantees. Um, and they apply to both services and goods. And if if 
service isn't performed in the way it was promised to, then you can either ask them to do it again or you can ask for your money back. Right. Or get somebody else to do it and have them pay for it. Mm. And and so are these rights well known? I mean, how many consumers think that they're stuck with unfair situations like if they're not being picked up in a cab or something and they just don't say anything? Yeah. Look, we hope yeah. they, they are getting better and better known. Um, but one of the reasons why we've done this is to make sure that older Australians are aware of their rights, particularly those who are involved in consumer-directed aged care. Mm. Um, we've got both written documents, which simple, simple guides for people and for people who are online and use the internet. If you go to accc.gov.au, all of the information is there for you. Mm. But I guess a lot of people, are, you know, a lot of elderly people um, are not so au fait with, you know, using computers and things like that mm. and Look, might, might just put up right, with... That's right, which is why we put in place... We've, <clears throat> produced printed documents. It's the first lot of printed documents I've seen us do in a while. Yeah. Um, but we recognise that some people like paper. I yes. sympathise. I like paper. Yes. yes. So especially in this age group that we're talking about. Well, that's about. right. Yeah. 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 And, and I guess it comes down to the family then or friends observing what's how the, the elderly person is being treated and perhaps they can raise a red flag. Indeed, they can. And, mm. and we're really saying to people, you know, Make sure you might want to have someone with you when you take your time with these contracts. They're mm. important. Um, make sure you understand it. Make sure you understand the services that you're going to get under it. Make sure you understand any fees that apply under it because some of these have exit fees if you choose to leave early. And, and talk it over with someone. Don't, don't sign things straight away. Shop around and really make sure you understand your agreement before you get into it. Mm, yes. And so what, where would people go? Obviously, they can go to your website, but what resources are available? For... Look, there's a lot of um, resources available to help. There's a group called the Older Persons Advocacy Network, OPAN, which is there to help people, and they, they have a, um, a phone number, one eight hundred seven hundred six hundred. 700 600 when there's a problem, they also have a website, um, www.opan.com.au. There's the aged care complaints um, system, mm -hmm. which you can contact, and they also have a phone number, 1-800-550-552. And there's a group called My Aged Care, mm -hmm. who will really help you understand more about your home care package and how best to find a provider. Yes. So they're all good resources. And if you want copies of our publications, you can get them from a lot of those groups or from your state, territory, fair trading agency, or you can call the ACCC on 1300 302 502 for copies. Fantastic. And, and so thank you for joining us today, Delia. It's been oh, really it's a real pleasure. Very yes, happy to do so. Yeah. And um, hopefully we might uh, talk to you again soon. We'll look forward to that. Okay. Take care. Thanks, Delia. Bye. You're welcome. Bye. Well, that's another week gone. Steve. It's flown by today, it hasn't, hasn't it? it? I can't oh, believe how quickly it flew by I today. I know. So it was very interesting. Um, and we'd like to thank all our guests, um, Peter uh, Nielsen from the Village Glen and Stuart Shaw from the Village Baxter. And, of course, Encore Living for that regional alternative. And also our two interesting guests, um, Delia Rickard from the ACCC, who was very interesting to talk to, and Anne Buck from Wounds Australia. 
Fantastic. Both interesting ladies. Well, I've enjoyed my time here. Yeah, it's, that's it's good, been a bit fun. I don't know if I'm back next week. Well, but, hopefully uh, you will be. Uh, if I'm not, I'm sure there'll be someone equally competent here. But, yes. Um, yeah, but in the meantime, thank you very much for having me. I've enjoyed myself immensely. Thank you for being here. And we'll maybe see you next week. Maybe you will. Bye now. <laughs>